I encourage everyone to take a moment and breathe and take a tea cheers with a Jiri tea. A Jiri tea recognizes the beauty in shared stories and shared opportunities. Ajiri sources award-winning tea from Kenya, employs women in the region to handcraft the labels, and sends 100% of the profits back to the region to support orphan education. Save 10% on your order of Kenyan teas and coffee with the code BEAUTIFULLYHUMAN at ajiritea.com. A-J-I-R-I-T.com. Tea mugs up! Hello, and welcome to the Beautifully Human podcast. I'm Nick Sheesby. In this podcast, I speak with beautiful humans from all around the world, sharing with you their incredible stories, revealing the power in every human story to spread love and humanity to a world that is in desperate need of it, to show that we can all connect in beautiful ways, no matter where we come from or what we look like. What you will find out is that we are all beautifully human. Let's all be beautifully human. Hello and welcome to the Beautifully Human podcast. Thanks for joining from wherever in the world that you're checking this out from. Today I am hanging out with Zach Rutledge and we have an awesome conversation. Zach is such a kind, kind human. We talk about a funny show that he played back in the day. We also talk about some tougher topics like depression but along with that we talk about self-love and self-empowerment so if you enjoy this podcast follow along on instagram at the beautifully human podcast and on spotify rate review and subscribe on apple podcasts it helps get these voices out to more people so that they can check them out and most of all enjoy this conversation so yeah, I love to kick these off and let you kind of run with where the conversation will flow to and just say, tell me a s- the story of your life. All right. So the story of my life, I guess, pertaining to what I'm here for is, um, you know, childhood was pretty quote unquote normal, like smack in the middle of the bell curve as far as like, you know, income and like you know, my family's income and like, um, you know, it it was just a very stable childhood. Right. So looking back now that I have the insight, I could tell that there were like certain bumps or, or, uh, um, bouts of depression, I guess. Right. But I didn't know what it was at the time. Cause you know, when you're 11 years old, you don't know what's going on. Right. Sure. Yeah. So like if things would kind of got a little wilder, as I got a little older, as far as like just what was happening internally, as far as externally, I was playing a lot of bands, which oh, I still play in bands, but like, you know, I was, I was kind of hanging with, you know, some of the, some of the bands were great people. Some of them weren't, some of them, you know, I was playing in, in Philadelphia were watching people get thrown through tables and knife fights. And then I would play, you know, other shows in Philly that were just like beautiful and everything was a great time, but it was like, it was a lot of extremes. Right. Sure. And, um, I guess when things got like the kind of craziest was I was 18 and it was the summer after high school. My best friend was killed. So that was like, it was kind of like the perfect storm where it was like chemically 
things were kind of going downhill, which is kind of common, right? A lot of people in their late teens, early 20s, that's when they started to really struggle with things kind of manifest at that point. Um, but it was also this, this whole traumatic event, you know, on top of my entire support system was gone. So all my friends had gone away to college. So I was on my own, quickly flunked out of college, mm. uh, really struggled to, um, to really do anything. And I, and, you know, maybe I'll talk about this later, but like, I remember one of my goals when I was like, all right, I got to get out of this. It was about six months after. And I was like, I'm going to try to watch an entire TV show. And like, that was like my idea of building, <laughs> like building a, like one small brick to get out of this. Yeah. So, um, and it was just like years and years and years of, I don't want to say trial and error. Cause there were certain, there were some points where I didn't even know I was trying things. Um, but there were moments where I kind of, I learned a lot of things. Right. So I learned a lot. I eventually yeah. ended up going to grad. Well, I, I ended up graduating from college with honors, you know, and it, that took a long time. I graduated late. I was like 26, which isn't terrible, but this one I graduated. No. Then I ended up going to, to film school for grad school. And nice. um, that was when people, and I wasn't like, you know, cured by any means, but you know, and I, and I hesitate to say this cause it's a, it's a stereotype, but there tends to be swimming in those circles of creatives. You tend to have a lot of depressed people. So sure. I had a lot of people who knew my past reaching out to me. Right. So what I did was I wrote all these emails to people and, um, or, you know, I have conversations with them and I'll be like, look, I'll write this down for you. I'll send this to you. And, you know, things went on. I went on working in TV and doing all kinds of stuff. I ended up becoming a personal trainer. I'm, I'm a certified personal trainer, a fitness nutrition specialist, just kind of adding these things up. I'm, I'm about to become a, finished my yoga teacher training. Um, and I'm going back to grad school to become a therapist uh, in the That's spring. Amazing. Yeah, I don't know what I'm doing to myself. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like kind of like building these things. And COVID hit. Hmm. So once again, all these people in my circles, like the people I tend to hang out with, like musicians and filmmakers who, who took it a little harder. And, and I'm in New Jersey where COVID hit us pretty bad. I was telling you right before we rolled, you know, yeah. I know quite a few people who passed from it. It's, it's not the same here as it is other places. And um, uh, people were reaching out to me again. So I ended up going through all my emails and talking to people, like the old emails I was sending to my old film friends and talking to people. And I said, look, this is getting nuts. Why don't I just make a book out of this thing? So I was like, I, I have off anyway, you know, everything's locked yeah. down. May as well write a book about this thing. And that's kind of how all that started. And that's pretty much where we are now. I wrote the book about ooh, eight months ago. That's amazing. Yeah. I love that throughout all of this, through your journey, with everything that you started to learn and adapt and bring into your life, it just seems that you had so much of a heart to help people with your nutrition, with your training and yoga, and then going to, to be a therapist. Like, where do you, where do you think that came from in you? Was that something you realized when you were young? Cause as you're, I'm just thinking, as I was depressed, I, when I was depressed, I, I wasn't necessarily thinking to help people, but it seems as you were growing, out of that or through that you you developed all these beautiful ways to help people well i don't know if, if you're familiar with the the myers-briggs test but i'm i'm gonna go there oh, yeah. for a minute yeah, yeah yeah so i'm in enfp right so okay. there's there's quite a few things that fall into the enfp category there tends to be a lot of artists in there but there's there also tends to be a lot of like 
caretakers for lack of a better term. So there are like, it's just way, it's just for people who don't know what it is, it's based on the principles of Carl Jung. It's the, the idea is it's kind of how you're wired. It's the things, the way they say it is it's the things that give you energy. So like mm. the, just for example, the first letters is an E or an I. So you're either introvert or extrovert, right? And I know you know this, but I'm explaining yeah. this for the listeners, no, right? No worries. And, um, you know, so there's 16 different personalities you can, you can have. And that's not, it doesn't necessarily define you, but people, um, let, let's just say, for my example, like I'm an ENFP, like I said, they tend to swim in these certain circles. So, and they tend to enjoy certain careers, right? So, but we also tend to be artists and we tend to be caretakers. So like, the, the taking care of people thing, I don't know where that came from, aside from just being wired that way. I mean, I got into martial arts when I was pretty young. I think I was 11. And that was just kind of a part of it. And see, part of my like building myself back up uh, was like, that was after my karate school had closed, but I was like, um, I just gotten into like working out again, right? So I think like the becoming a trainer, honestly, it might've just been more about me because I was in my early twenties at the time. And I was like, I had like the two sides, right? Like, well, that was just one side at that point. I was just like, you know, doing typical early 20, I'm not going to curse on your show, but like typical. You can if you want, uh, I do a lot. <laughs> fart boobs crap. All right. So like, <laughs> perfect. Um, doing the typical things that people in their early twenties do, like kind of like feeding that ego. Right. So like, I was just I don't want to say looking out for myself, but I was just doing like the artistic stuff, which in a way really helps people. You totally. can't argue that. But I saw it as I didn't care how many people heard the songs or I didn't care how many people saw the films I made. It was just like that internal uh, build. Fine. So I'm trying not to go too long on this. But then, so I think like getting that personal trainer thing was like another feather in my cap, so to speak, because I made like this big mistake of thinking I could fix myself by external um, accomplishments. So like, you know, I graduated with honors, like I said, and I, I became a personal trainer, but it wasn't until, you know, I, I got the certification, but it wasn't until I actually started working with clients. And then that's where the whole trying to help other people thing came from because they were coming to me with issues. I mean, I'll let you in on the secret. Like I, I do fitness nutrition, you know, I'm a fitness nutrition specialist and the people who call me, you know, we're not talking about nutrition. <laughs> sure. So like, you know, we do here and there, like that's, I mean, they know they shouldn't be eating, you know, or drinking soda, you know? Right. Yeah. And they, they yeah. So, um, <laughs> that was just kind of like a natural progression. And I think just as I've matured, the, the, the healer side, I guess, so to speak would be, is what kind of, uh, kind of developed. And now, now I kind of just, carry myself as more balanced as like the, the helper side. And then like the other side where it's like, I still, I'm still a person, right? So I need yeah. to get out what I do. So I'm still writing songs and I'm still playing shows and I'm still, well, you know, it's not COVID and I'm still making <laughs> films, that kind of thing. So, yeah. 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 And that's cool too, because I know self-love is such a, such an important part of that. So I think that's cool that you figured out that balance of like, I can help people, but I also have to, be there for myself because i think a lot of people that lend themselves more to being on the healer side give a lot of themselves and then kind of get lost in that which it's, is a noble a noble thing to do but 
yeah, you got to keep that, that love for yourself. You got to have your creativity to keep that energy flowing for other people as well. Absolutely. And, and we have this girl in my yoga class who she's becoming a yoga teacher also. And I'll see her like really beating herself up and saying all these really nasty things about herself where we're being taught these like yoga principles on like how to be kind and compassionate to people. And I just had to pause for a second. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. like you wouldn't say this to other people. You're a person too. So why are you saying this to yourself? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, and that's real easy to lose sight of that real easy. Yeah. And especially in these times, I mean, you touched a little bit on COVID. I mean, it, it's, especially with music, I I've been in the music industry for 16 years in I'll include last year, even though technically it was a year off. Um, <laughs> Not technically, it was it was a for sure a year off for for us. Um, I think it will be really interesting to see what music comes out of this oh. quarantine. Yeah, because typically music comes out of the joy in life, the shit of life, the just all of it, the creativity. But a lot of us have just the ones that paid attention been locked up in our houses staying inside for other people um so yeah i i'm interested as we're starting to see it open and i know a lot of bands too didn't put out a lot of music because typically you put out music to tour with and when you can't tour it's hard to put out music because you don't get to promote it you want to save it i understand but i also yeah i'm intrigued to see what 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 comes out of it musically well, yeah. just artistically in general, but especially music, because that's such a feeling-based art. Yeah, that's like the direct line, right? That's the direct line to your emotion is music. So yeah, it, it'll be super interesting. I know like on a practical level, this may be not like totally on, on point what you're saying, but it's just on a practical level, um, you know, we're doing like, like a lot of electronic stuff that because that, that's all we could do. Sure. And like we're a live band like so it's a weird thing right but it's like that's what we could trade over the internet so like yeah you know you may be seeing some of that but yeah as far as like tone and like and feeling that's gonna be real interesting right yeah I w i'm wondering if in 10 years you'll go oh that's a 2020 song <laughs> right, right. <laughs> just you'll just know you'll hear it and be like I know what that was. I know when that was written. <laughs> I could have written that song if I was a writer. I, 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 I'm with that one. Um, yeah, and especially like like you said, you're a live band. I think so many people are going to, or I, I know so many bands thrive on writing based on travel, based on shows, based on the oh, energy right. they get from their fans. And so without that being there, and like you said, not being able to gather and like what you can send to each other. Yeah. It's a, it's a whole interesting to see. It'll be so interesting to see what comes it, out. It's going it. to be weird. And another thing, like I know a guy who's, I guess he's like primarily a, a producer. Like he, he records, he's like an engineer and he records a lot of bands. Um, but he has um, OCD and what's mm. happened with a lot of the, um, um, like the lockdown stuff is people's, quirks let's say things like ocd whether it's ocd depression or whatever you've got those tend to get heightened so yeah. his so since you know covid and he was locked in um he was getting so obsessive about everything he couldn't record anyone he couldn't i mean he, he had it set up to where he, he could have like logistically like it would have been safe um but he wouldn't even record music himself 
because oh, wow. uh, he, everything was just, if, if everything wasn't absolutely perfect. So I'm hoping that kind of cools off because totally. I got stuff to record. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you, you think about it too on the same, same line, but t a different way of thinking about it is when you're a perfectionist on those kinds of things, when you have people coming into your space to be able to bring a different energy to your OCD and your perfectionism, you get to change what you're thinking. But when you're locked there by yourself and you're just have to be perfect and you don't bounce ideas, really, you don't have to bounce ideas off people if no one's in the room with you. Right. Right. Yeah. It's, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be real <laughs> interesting. Right. And I mean, like we've been talking about creatives, we just, you feel more. So all these, all these heightened senses and heightened thoughts that you're having, yeah. but if you live by yourself or, you know, have a studio by yourself, yeah, oh. it'll be very, it's, it's, it's all, I mean, I, I've been thinking recently because I got the first text about a possibility of a tour at the end of the year. And it's, it's already, I can feel in my mind just the, Oh God, what, what do I feel about that? Am I comfortable doing that? I mean, it's, it's just like what's been in your, our heads for the last year and couple months. And now it's opening back up and I'm like, Oh man, I gotta get, I gotta get back to it. It's, it's, it's just, it's so strange. It's, it's unlike it's, anything obviously that we've ever dealt with. So it's, it's a very odd feeling. <laughs> for that yeah i was watching old episodes of kirby enthusiasm which was obviously way well before covid and then like i was like just like that subconscious thing like oh they're getting too close Dude. they're not wearing masks like and i'm sure other people have felt that too totally i feel that all the time i'm just like cringy looking at tv being like no 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 don't no don't do that. <laughs> oh god or i just see concerts and i'm like yikes and just thinking about all the passing of food bowls or just mm -hmm. it's just disgusting like yeah. we are gross humans <laughs> <laughs> all of us are even if we're not we're it's pretty gross the stuff that was normal i mean i i saw i mean i'm just thinking of like people in restaurants and stuff i saw i walked by um a place the other day and as the mask mandates get lifted everywhere, I just saw somebody without a mask on in a restaurant and I was like, like a server. And I was like, it's just so disgusting to me that your breath is going anywhere near food. Yeah. So psychologically, like as a whole, we're all picking this up, right? And we're all, well, yeah. some people don't care, but right. you know, a good amount of us do. And we're picking this up and we're all going to be carrying this around. So it's going to be interesting to see how long this, let's just say, you know, let's hope we wipe out COVID. I mean, I don't, I don't we don't know, but let's right. just say it goes away, right? To the point where we don't really worry about it. Um, it'll be interesting to see how we do regular things from now on, like how we feel doing things like flying on a plane. Like it'll be interesting. Yeah. 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 Definitely going to be interesting. Um, all right. Talk to me about your bands. I, I want to hear about your bands. <laughs> oh man. Okay. So I, I laugh because um, our name is terrible, but on purpose. So I love it. Yeah, yeah. So we're called Miko Brando. It's spelled M-E-E-K-O space B-R-A-N-D-O. And it's actually like the real name of, of um, Marlon Brando's son. Ah, because, okay. But he spells it different. And like, um, so like 
that's funny nobody's asked me this this is great so like <laughs> our guitarist and the producer i was telling you about actually went out to dinner with the real miko brando when they were on tour in california Amazing. and like struck up this friendship and they told me his name i was like that's not his real name and they were like yeah he's in the michael jackson video he's like one of the guys in the um, um the thriller video he's one of the guys in the uh uh the movie theater like they're friends they were friends and like that is like the that would be the coolest name for a band like you you'd have to have balls to name your band miko brando and then we had the chance to do it <laughs> And I was like, we got to do it. We got to do it. I got outvoted by everyone. Somehow, somehow <laughs> we got called that. So, yeah. I love it. Oh, I love it. Um, while we're on the topic, when, tell me some funny, I'm, I'm sure anybody in a band has some pretty funny stories from younger years playing shows do you have any funny or horror stories from shows when you're oh, a young kid lord i probably played a thousand shows um <laughs> anything that sticks out that's just <clears throat> there's ridiculous. one story that sticks out and i'll and i'll well geez i'm gonna have to choose one um <laughs> yeah i mean you know uh I'll, I'll give you this one okay so we were playing i'm from new jersey and we were playing um just north of New York City is this little place called Yonkers, okay? And mm. maybe people have heard of it. So <clears throat> we didn't really know a whole lot about what we had booked. And it, it turns out um, it was like all these skinhead bands. Um, but it was like th these two groups of skinheads who didn't get along, right? And I don't know what they were called. We were the band in the back. We were listening to like late 80s, like freestyle music, like that and we were like playing pool and dancing to that and everyone was like either giving us like weird looks or ignoring us right yeah so and then everyone else just all these skinheads now the venue was um it was one long room and then next to it was another long room and there was a, there were these two big doorways that go into it right so the first band comes on it was the one type of skinhead right and they're all in there and they're all just kind of like looking at each other, giving each other hard looks, right? But the band's playing. And there were all these chairs that I guess were on the floor that got moved out of the way. And they're all stacked along the sides of the rooms. So that band goes on. Everyone's in there and they're watching it. But you can tell it's tense in there. It's tense in there. The next band goes on. I don't know if it was the other side of Skinheads. We're just trying to stay out of it. We're just trying to play, you know, whatever. So right. we go watch the second band. Our turn great we jump up there we're all stoked there was a lot of people there we were like okay yeah. brand new audience whatever we're gonna make the best of this first note the entire crowd shuffles out into the other room except for six people i counted them they, they had hair they weren't a part of the skinhead group they were there, <laughs> there for a show i don't know if they, they stumbled in they took a couple chairs off the stacks and they just sat down they watched us okay fine so we played to these six people we finished everyone else shuffles back in they're all there for these skinhead bands i'm getting to the getting to the good part so <laughs> so we play to nobody now these dudes all come up to us and they're like and you've been here because you've been in bands hey guys can we use your stuff uh oh. we didn't bring any we didn't bring any gear and we're like oh good lord so they want to use our drum set and our amps so like what are we going to do we're surrounded by people we don't know in a town we're pretty far away from we're like yeah fine so we just put our guitars in our van they start playing they're playing they're playing they're playing they're playing they're playing last song they take their guitars hand them to the next band go 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 like no stop so they're using our drums and it's getting late we're surrounded by these skinheads and we're like dude this is not good like we want to go we don't we can't like say anything we're gonna yeah it's already very tense 
Um, next band it happens. So this is where like six bands into the show. Oh God. Uh, so we're like, this is it, right? So like they start passing stuff over. They start playing their set and there's like a fight breaks out, right? Just like a regular fight. Dudes, you know where this is going. Start picking up chairs, throwing yeah. them. One guy pulls out a knife and I'm not kidding you. The guy across from him starts boxing him like a 1920s boxer like this. <laughs> yeah. So while all this is going on, we look at each other without saying a word. There were these big double doors behind all of our stuff. We ran towards our stuff, swooped up the drum set and like one arm, grabbed all our amps, busted through the door, chairs flying everywhere. We throw them in the van. We see people on the outside who weren't even out the sh- at the show looking for a fight, having bats. <laughs> oh God. So we throw all our stuff in there. We, we, we skid out of there on, um, you know, just, just out from the confusion, we skid out, we're flying home. We call the guy and we're like, Hey, to the promoter, Hey, we, we never got paid. And he's like, Oh, sorry, man. Like I'm gone. And I was like, and we were like, well, we'll come meet you. And he's like, Oh, I'm, I'm out of town. I'm out of town. We, we literally, and I'm not making this up. We literally saw him at a seven 11 on our way home. We pull in. Oh my God. And we're like, dude, we need to get paid. We all get out. And then now like the tables have turned, right? There's like five of us or six of us. And we're like, we need to get paid. And he's like, well, I don't have the money. Like, uh, cause they were trying to just screw us. They were just trying to, you know, whatever. So he gave us $6 and we're like, fine, we'll take it. We hey, got that's a dollar a person. Came home. Right. So it was just like a, a little hairy, right? So oh my god, boring, dude. that's just like a very vivid memory that sticks out. Wow. How old were you? I was about twenty-one at that point. Okay. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. I was as you were telling the story, I knew there was a key point when you said there were chairs on the wall. And I was like, when are these chairs coming into this? Because you said <laughs> I doubt any of those free... chairs survived the night. Oh, I, can't... I mean they were they were it was tense man these two gangs i don't know it was tense holy hell that's amazing yeah Yeah. oh man i love i mean i know that was a very broad question and i know you have probably tons of that but anytime i talk to people that have played in bands i love hearing their their actually you know this was this was actually kind of cool like um somewhat related like you know i in new york city cbgb's and a lot of people don't know what that is but that's kind of that was like kind of punk rock mecca so that's like where the ramones and blondie and talking heads and television and all them came up and we actually got to play cbgb's with um it was like rise against oh sweet um uh like e-town concrete you wouldn't know who that is oh oh, yeah oh you do okay right i do i i mean i don't know them well but i remember the name yeah okay i think they played a show that i saw in baltimore or something Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. They're from New Jersey and like uh, this band strife from California. And yeah. Um, yeah. So like, like the high school me would have been losing my mind. Right. But because, totally. you know, cause I'm like, Oh dude, I played CBGBs. I just bought a t-shirt from Hilly Crystal. Like, I just like, this is like amazing. Right. And um, you know, you could look at it either way. My depression was so bad. I just, I didn't even watch the show. I just went in the van and waited it out. And like, I just played CBGBs. Like it was like my dream since I was a, a teenage kid. Yeah. Um, but on the other side, I was so depressed. I had these great things happening at the same time. So you kind of like, and it's hard to see that when you're so depressed, right? You got to think about in hindsight, yeah. you know, you had things bouncing you out and it tends to be an up and down thing. Like, or there are, there are peaks and valleys, right? So yeah. it's not, it's not like you're constantly being held down even then, 
in my darkest, darkest of times. So were gentle points of like levity, I guess. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. I can only imagine, I mean, playing CBGBs with all those bands. That's so rad. It's whatever you're imagining, picture it like quarter of the size. <laughs> oh, right. I, I, yeah. I've, I know plenty of people that have been there or played and I'm like, and they, that's what they say. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's like a tin can. Yeah. Yeah. It was great though. It was super cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's so cool. What a, yeah. What a fun experience. And I think just, like you said, it's, it's, there, there's been so many moments in, in my touring career where I have these amazing moments that anybody else would be like, Oh my God, this is the craziest shit. Hmm. And I was for a long time, for seven years, I was a severe alcoholic. Now I'm pushing three years sober. Good for you, man. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Um, but man, there were times when I was at my like darkest depression that there was just this rad stuff happening. And I was just like bottom of a bottom of a bottle, just not paying any attention. And people would be like, dude, how cool is that? And I'd just be like, I don't know, dude, I was sitting at a bar next door. <laughs> and right. It's just like the amount of stuff that, like you said, you know, you played that show and then you just kind of like waited out, waited it out. And I'm like, Man, it's amazing what when you get into that that level of depression, what you can just be like meh about something that you would just lose your mind as like right. as a kid is just like whatever. I don't care. Yeah. yeah. It's wild. It's it's you know, I don't I think for a lot of people there's not one cause. Um, which is why, you know, like I say in the book, uh, did I give you a copy of the book? No. Oh, dude. but I would love, I would love, I got to send you a copy. I, I, yes. I, I usually make that a habit. I apologize. I'm writing that down no right worries. now and send you a copy. Yeah. It's super short and it's super easy to read. But cool. like, that's why I like, I try to come at it from every single angle because yeah. I don't think there's like a silver bullet, right? I think totally. there's like a lot of different causes. Like, you know, I, I would say it with a lot of things, like even alcoholism, there's like the internal, like, like, you know, there's a genetic pre predisposition, if that's the word. And yeah. like, <laughs> um, it could be, you know, trauma, it could be, you know, there's, it's, it's, I rarely think it's just one thing. Oh, um, totally. So, yeah. And, and like this actually kind of, um, validated it for me, even though, even though I had pretty good feeling about that, I, I've been going on some podcasts with actual therapists and they were like, oh yeah, you're right on spot. You're right on spot. You're on spot. So that's been like really nice. Totally. And yeah, yeah so that's, that's gotta been, feel good. Yeah. So that's really, really cool. But, nice. but yeah, it's um, and kind of like I said, I balance my life between these couple of things. I feel like, you know, you kind of have a lot of things and you have to have a lot of things in balance in order to get out of a hole like that. You, you know, it's not going to be, you know, you have your, this great relationship with a girl and then you're not out alcoholic anymore. You're not going to be like, now <laughs> right. I eat perfect and now I'm going to not be depressed. You know, it's going to be a multifaceted thing. Yeah. 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 And just at the basics of it talking about the shit that got you to where you're feeling that way. Mm -hmm. Cause I know a lot of people who are kind of stuck in it, but they, they do stop drinking or they, they start eating better, which is all good right. and do thing do, do take steps away from it, but won't talk about harder issues. You're absolutely I'm just right. like, 
I like I know it's tough. It's never easy to talk about it. Yeah. But I mean it it feels so good. I know when I was going through my worst when I started talking about it, I I had a one oh, I had a one-on-one counselor, an alcohol counselor, and I didn't do AA. I didn't do the typical sobriety route, which I would never take away from that, but it just didn't seem the right way for me to go and I didn't know what to do because I'd never been there before and I'd never admitted that I was an alcoholic, but then I was in the hospital with beginning stages of liver failure and full jaundice. So I was Mm. in dire need of a change and inwardly I was like, Oh my God, I don't know what to do. Outwardly. I was like, I got this. I got this, but I didn't know how to be a sober human. And then I met this woman, MJ, who was an alcohol counselor in my hometown in Ohio, which is a very small town, very Republican, very Christian, and that's all well and good. But um, I found this woman who's like purple hair and like been sober since she was like 19 and she's in her 60s. So she's been full life just at it, but she hit it hard really young. And it was so cool because A, she didn't know me. So I was just able to talk about a lot of shit with her. And then we'd talk for like 45 minutes of our session, just about the hard stuff. And then she'd be like, I saw this band in 1970. And I was like, oh my God. So I just found this wonderful human in the midst of my hometown who started like opening me up and and allowing me to just be myself, which was such a such an important feeling for me was to find that self-love and that self-importance and mm. all of that when I started into my journey. Yeah. That's great. That's a great point too. Like I know a lot of people who've tried therapy and they're like, Oh, it's not for me. It's like, well, I think they just didn't really vibe with that. Yeah. That it's, they're not, not all therapists are the same, of course, you know, not totally, all people yeah. are the same. Um, and yeah, it, it's, it's almost like you're on a different frequency, right? Like when you're, when you're trying to communicate with the wrong person and you knew totally. it, you knew it and you found her. So that's, you know, yeah. I just, I, it, and I understand cause I've been there, like not having the, like the energy or the drive to like find the right person yeah, um, and just giving up. But if you stick with it, man, I'm glad you said that because it pays off, you know, totally. it pays off way, way, you know, way more than the effort you put in. Yeah. And like you said, I, I didn't have an experience with having to find another person, which was so fortunate, but Mm. I mean, out of the amount of people in my hometown that I could have found to be, to be with, to chat with, it was like, we were meant to be, I was actually messaging with her today. We still have a good friendship going today and it's so cool. Um, Yeah. And then, yeah, it was just like, I had never done any kind of therapy before, but once I did it, it was just like, this feels really good. And it empowered me to where I've gotten to today, which is so rad. Mm, That's great. Yeah. So good, man. Yeah. Yeah. And you said that, no, I'm just, just one quick, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. You know, just by you saying so rad, so good things you probably wouldn't have imagined yourself saying, right? Hell no. Right. So like, no. that's an important thing that people take away in case anyone is listening or they know people who yeah. are being sucked down. Right. From whatever it is, you know, true. That, that is very true. You know, you found that light, right. It's not just me. You did yeah. it too. And, and other people can as well. So, yeah. 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 Find that person that you can say so rad. I mean, mm-hmm. find somebody that 
just hears you for you and you relate to and just have awesome conversations and then you feel like you've found a friend who helps you through the harder stuff that you can't talk to your real friends about quote unquote real friends you know it's like it's a you know even just the word therapist i feel weird telling people that i'm going to school to become a therapist because it has this connotation that something is broken like you're like yeah when it's really just like everybody experiences some kind of trauma right and so i i you know but the word but like the term life coach just sounds kind of cheesy but it really is more like a coach is is almost the way of putting it that's that's what it feels like to me is like more like a coach yeah yeah i see i see both sides of what you just said i know a lot of people who are transitioning to life coaching um which i think is fantastic but also on the flip of telling someone you're a therapist i think it yeah i think people just get so nervous because they have to admit something's wrong if they go to a therapist right it doesn't necessarily mean it's wrong it just means something's not right in your system like in your head or in your system and because it's not right doesn't mean it's wrong it's just something that you need to get onto a better track you can always sharpen the sword right you can yeah. always make things a little bit better yeah so i'm hoping i mean i do think things are changing a little bit but i, I don't want people like when i'm finished with school in like two and a half years i don't want people thinking like oh he's a therapist he deals with nut jobs you know or like I, right I him. yeah yeah it's so it's such a such an old way of thinking about it of like oh the nut job sitting on the couch yeah I mean, we're, like you said, you can always sharpen the sword. I know I'm not perfect. I never will be. Right. So there's always something that I can learn. I can adapt uh, to learn from. So I love these conversations. I get to learn from people. I get to hear people tell their life stories. And it's, uh, yeah, it's fantastic to keep your mind open to those things. That's great. Yeah, man. All right. Um, I'm going to shift gears a little bit on you. If COVID restrictions weren't here, and I came to you and I said, Zach, I have a plane ticket to anywhere in the world with your name on it. Where would you fly to? I literally said this to my mom this morning. I think it was just the mood I was in. I just said anywhere in the Caribbean scuba diving. It's just like what I felt like doing today. Okay. <laughs> so if you were to ask me like today, that's what my answer would be. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I like, I like that answer too. I haven't had anybody say like today I'd want to go scuba diving in the Bahamas yeah. or in the Caribbean. Yeah. That's a lot of, yeah, that's cool. I like that. I like that too, because I'm day to day. My, my answer would change completely. Uh, Mine probably, if I really thought about it right now, it probably changed, but I'm just thinking about how I felt earlier today. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. In your travels, um, where has been the most surprising place you've been to? That's another good question. Um, Probably Spain. Hmm. Spain. Okay. Yeah. Where'd you go? I I spent two weeks there all over Spain. Oh, awesome. Um, And it was like, it was just real interesting. Like Northern Spain was kind of like being in France. And like like every part was totally different. And then you finally got to the, the very Southern part. And that's what I would like envision the whole place to be like the red dirt and like you know yeah yeah so spain was just it was just so diverse way more diverse than i thought yeah that's so cool yeah i used to ask favorite place and then somebody said "Mm, i can't i mean favorite place is hard right 
right if yeah. you've traveled even to two states it's like oh yeah. i don't know i liked them both the same <laughs> um so i started saying surprise because i i went to romania for five days like seven years ago and it wow. surprised the hell out of me it was just like something i'd never seen so that's what's so cool. that like oh man i the history first off is just bonkers it's i mean they had a public hanging in the 90s oh good lord <laughs> i mean transylvania is a region there which i think some people think it's a country but it's a region in mm -hmm. romania but that's where vlad the impaler came from that yeah. spurred the um the story of dracula so that whole area brought that out the pied piper story came from there which is a horrible story which i don't think people should ever say well he's the pied piper because it was not a good story the kids didn't end up having a good time <laughs> with the pied piper because they never came back so if you're hearing this and you're calling people the pied piper it's not a good <laughs> it's not a good one to compare somebody to um yeah, it was just so much, and like the geography was amazing, and yeah, it was just cool. Like it, I didn't know anything about it. That's wild. Yeah, I, I know nothing about it either. That was part of the USSR, right? I would guess. Um. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, that whole region is is wild. Eastern Europe is is amazing. I loved I loved it. Um. So when you went to Spain, what were you were you just road tripping? What was what was your I just, I, um, I went by myself, but it was like by myself, but not, I joined up with, like, I, I went with a tour group. Okay. So it was all younger people. I was younger then. And like, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I just went by myself one summer just to, just to do it. Yeah. Yeah. So Which cool. is like insane. Me thinking about that now, like how I had money to do that kind of stuff. Cause right. like now it's like, I couldn't even <laughs> think of that. So, yeah, because yeah, even years ago, I imagine like getting over there and doing um, a tour group had to be pretty a decent like expense to get that. It was like a, it was like one of those things that was geared towards younger people. So it was like it really actually wasn't that bad because okay. like everything because you went in as like 40 people or something, you got group discounts and everything and everything was set up for you, like all the hotels and all like, you know, most of your yeah. meals. So it actually, honestly, actually wasn't that bad. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. What did you think of the food over there? That was surprising too. Because I guess what I thought Spanish food was, was like Mexican food. Right. <laughs> Not, right. That. <laughs> Not that. Yeah. Like, no. cause like they didn't even have tomatoes. So like that, this is actually interesting. We went to the place where like they introduced tomatoes to Europe because tomatoes are from here in the U S. Yeah. So like we saw the port where they pulled in tomatoes for the first time. Wow. So, and like a lot of the foods are from, are like way old. So like pre tomatoes, right? Right. <laughs> I pictured a lot of tomatoes, but uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. There, I think there is, a festival of tomatoes in Spain. Is that in Spain? Is that, yeah, is that Spain or Italy? Because one does oranges. I think the oranges might be Italy and Spain yeah. is the tomatoes, yeah. I don't know. A friend of mine went to a, a tomato festival and I feel like it was yeah, in Spain. Yeah, I think that was Spain, yeah. I didn't go to that, yeah. Man, I don't know. I just love, I love the idea too that you were talking about of like north and south in a country that's not massive being right. so different i just love 
that's what I miss so much about traveling is just seeing the cultures. And especially if you get to spend an extended period of time out of this country and in one country or traveling around other countries, just so cool to see how diverse the places are. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was surprising. It was real surprising. It was super cool. I recommend it. Yeah. If yeah. go to, if, if anybody goes, go to, um, we went to, um, good Lord, Barcelona. Oh yeah. It's, it's so cool. It's so cool. Yeah. Highly recommend it for anyone. Yeah. I went to Madrid for five days with a friend of mine and it was, okay. it was awesome. It was yeah. so rad. I yeah. truly enjoyed it. Um, so in my travels, I always shoot for like meeting an old woman on the street and her just being like, Oh, come cook for me. Kind of like that kind of experience in your yeah. travels. Have you ever just had that kind of moment where massively unexpected hospitality or just one of those kind yeah. of stories happen? Yeah. But it was, but I had a connection cause I was with a friend. We were in Italy and I had a, a friend, this was a separate trip, which makes me sound like a total, like, not what Jet I am. Setter, dude. Sounds yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm not like you know. <laughs> it's okay, uh, man. But I was there. I was there with a friend, and she had like, like, a cousin of an uncle or something who was there, and he didn't speak English, but he, he brought us. We were in Rome. He brought us to like all these like insider places, and it was like a total shock. Like these things that we would have never seen. Like this weird keyhole that saw like straight down this weird forest. Like it was like this forest designed just so you could look at it through this keyhole and you couldn't even see the forest like because it was surrounded by walls it was like all these weird things that we saw yeah so that was that was a big surprise yeah that's so rad yeah i just yeah i i always love when you can find somebody that is local to a place and just like pal around with them yeah it was great i didn't understand a word he said he didn't understand what i said but i yeah. said it was awesome yeah it's so beautiful and i think that's even cool too of just like I have no idea what you're saying, <laughs> but I'm going to go with you. This is going to be good. Yeah. I've had, I, I don't know. I've, I would love to be able to speak every language. That would be something I wish I had that, that power to just get into a room and say, all right, I know what language everyone's speaking and speak it. But I also just love being in an environment where I don't understand the language and it's just like poetry floating around. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So I can't, I can't wait to get traveling again. It's going to be so nice <sighs> once that happens. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, brother. I have two more questions for you. Yeah. First one is what would you want the world to know about you? Um, I don't think the world needs to know anything about me aside from like, you know, like, I, like, whatever, I'm like, whatever. But like, I just feel like, almost like what we were talking about earlier, like, like, the idea, like, you know, we didn't get real deep into it. But my depression was extremely deep and extremely like bottomless, it felt like. Yeah. Um, and I want people to know, like, um, or just, I guess, use me as an ex not as an example, but as, as one sample of like, you know, you can, it's way beyond anything you can grasp in your moment, right? When you're in those, in those moments, it's, it's way beyond anything that, you know, you can't visualize something like this, but it, it, it's absolutely a reality. I'm not saying I'm like, you know, um, I don't know, 
somebody to look up to. I'm not, I'm not like the greatest dude on earth, but I'm doing things I never thought I could do. And I'm like, yeah, I'm, um, you know, happier than I've ever been. It's, 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 it, I never could have imagined myself being, and I'm getting married in a, in October. I never imagined that. And like, that's amazing. Yeah. And, you know, shooting a full length film. I never thought I would do that. And like, so cool. Yeah. So, yeah. What were your steps from, I, I meant to ask this earlier and I'm just going to go in with it now. Um, what were your steps or from when you were like, get through just a TV show? That was your goal. Like how, how did you go from that to like broadening that? So that was, that was the darkest. That was, I, I failed it out of um, college. I was just going to like a, a community college that was like right down the street and I had failed out. So it wasn't like a huge um, like financial blow. Um, so thank God, right, that I, I chose to do that. Um, but, but I failed out either way. And, um, you know, I was like, I just want to get through this TV show. So and I talk about this in the book. I did like the worst possible thing you could do. I started watching the news, which is like the worst possible thing I could do. Because it was just <laughs> yeah. like, man, if you really pay attention to the news, I was yeah. like, somehow this is going to inform me and make me a better person. Because that's what smart people do, right? They watch the news. And it was just all, you know, it's all the news. I don't need to explain it. It was terrible. It did yeah. nothing to help me. Right. Um, I think, you know, funny enough, like music may have been the first step because like, people were seeking me out. And I, and luckily, um, I mean, well, at the time I was playing some, with some pretty rough, in rough areas and, <clears throat> and all that. But then like I had some really good, um, like older guys I was playing with in, an, in another band who were like, you know, into working out and that kind of stuff. And that was, you know, just the physical change first because I could see it and I could do something. And I kind of wanted to be like these guys. And they were pulling me along, even though I was miserable, they were pulling me along. I think that physical thing was really the first real step I made. And it all just kind of grew from there. Yeah. yeah. That's so awesome. Yeah. Um, when did When did you end up writing your book? September, October. Okay. 2020. What was that process like? Um, it was great. I, I loved it. It was great. Like I was going through all these old emails I had written to friends. Um, uh, and it was, you know, that extreme focus, which I love these days because you rarely get to focus on one thing. So I got to just sit down and really focus on doing it. Um, I loved it. And, and it was I wrote the book that I wish I had had when I was 20. So like, it was a really fun experience making it as lean and pack as much punch as possible for like every single sentence means something in there. Cause the last thing I wanted to do was read 350 pages to get an idea out of it. Right. So I made this thing, like this thing is like 50 pages. Oh, beautiful. It's the kind of, like I said, it's the kind of thing where every sentence means something. Um, so that was that was like actually like a oddly rewarding thing, getting it as compact as I could and as nutritious as possible, um, because I was like thinking like, man, if this gets in the right person's in the right person's face or you know read by the right person, it's it, this will matter. This will yeah. matter. Just spending that time, you know, sharpening that and you know, and I joke about it, but it's kind of true. I wrote the book for the worst possible sales that you could ever imagine because like this is the crowd that's not going to seek out the help, right? The <laughs> right. worst possible crowd. So like, I'm, you know, this wasn't to make money. This is a true passion project. So like, 
like I said a little earlier, like this is meant to be a gift, right? So if you can send it to people, in fact, I'll send you a copy and like, you know, if you can, if you want to send it to anybody who you think can, can use it, yeah. go I'll, I'll send yeah. you digital copies. Um, but yeah, on that note, um, if anybody wants like a chapter, just shoot me an email and I'll send them a chapter from the book so they can see, you know, yeah. see if, if it's their cup of tea. Cause I understand too, like, you know, it's like a therapist, right? If it's not going to work for them, that's fine. But totally. shoot me an email, I'll send you a chapter or just get the whole book, whatever. It's like four bucks. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. I was going to say, um, that the first time I, I had a friend who wrote a book about her journey with her mother with, um, Alzheimer's mm. and it's heavy, 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 of course. Um, but she made it 50 pages sim similar to, to that. And I hadn't even thought about that concept because my story, I have a hell of a story with my, my alcoholism and just life in general, just being on tour and mm. working with bands and stuff. And I think that was the first time I realized, Oh, I could do a very compact version. I don't have to write a 350 page novel. Yeah. It's great. That's, I mean, yeah. And it's, it's so, absolutely worth something. It's like, I kind of equate it to really seeing EP. You know, you can right. have something to say in four songs as opposed to 12 songs. Yeah. I like that. I like that. Well, I'm looking forward to, I'm looking forward to reading it. Um, what is, what is your book called? It's called the official depression relief playbook, okay. uh, which is a, not a great title, but it, there's a story <laughs> behind it. That's way too boring and I'm not going to get into <laughs> Fair. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I I think that's so cool though. I, I love the way you describe it as I wish I had this when I was going through it. I think that's yeah. so it's, it's just, yeah, it speaks to that, that part of you that we spoke about earlier of just wanting to give that to people while they're in the midst of what they're going through. I think that's really beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. And if you can't afford the book, just shoot me an email and I'll send you one. Like if you're, if you're struggling cause COVID and I get it, just shoot me an email. Um, you know, I'm more than happy to do that. But if you buy one, that means I can give another one away. Like if you buy a physical or if you buy like, yeah, if you buy one, that means I can give a physical one. Cause I, cause it's funny the way I don't know if you, if, have you published anything on Amazon? No. Uh -uh. So like, if you publish your own stuff on Amazon, you actually have to buy it. Like you pay for a portion of it. Like uh, okay. um, if, if I, if so, like I buy like a few copies, I, I pay, you know, a portion of it. But so like I buy a few copies that I can hand out to people who really need it. So like, if you buy a copy, that helps too. But if you can't afford it, I get it. Shoot me an email. I'll send you one. Like that's what it's there for. Right. I just want eyes on it. Yeah, totally. And while we're on, on it, where else can they find you to connect with you? Um, I mean, I have a Facebook page for it and that's cool. You can shoot me a message on that. I'm not like, I, I don't, I try not to spend a whole lot of time doing that. Um, yeah. Like I don't have an Instagram. I don't have a Twitter. I don't, I just, I'm just, you know, emails really the best way to get me. <laughs> yeah. It's probably, you're probably better for it, man. It's like you said, when you, when you watch the news, when you're looking at social media, it's a lot, a lot, yeah. a lot coming yeah. in. Yeah. Yeah. We have a small Facebook page that I never promoted yeah um, but it's there so you know you can always hit me up on that too yeah. all right cool man well i will put a link to your website in there so if they're looking for you they can at least find you there get you an email and awesome. reach out about the book awesome. um, thank you so much man of course dude yeah i want to get that around because there's conversations that i've had and there's there's books that i've read 
since going through what I went through. And it's a big reason why I talk about my, my battle with alcoholism and my recovery, which is always ongoing. Um, because I know where I was, I know I was hiding bottles and tour buses and Mm. waking up and drinking from (laughs) the second I woke up or if I rolled over at night, I was drinking. So I love having those conversations or when I write about it, it's, it's for those people that are, in the worst of the worst and need to hear a worst case scenario story. That's so fantastic that if somebody had told me about it, I probably would have been like, oh damn, I need to do something different if I had heard my story when I was in the midst of it. So that's why I like to talk about it. So I think that's so important that you say it that way of like, man, I wish I I wrote this to, to my basically yourself as a younger person. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. I kind of had to put my, you know, my feet back in those shoes and yeah, but you know, hindsight, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's always, it's always funny to look back, but I wouldn't change anything, but I'm, I'm very happy on the, this side of it. And oh, I, mean, I, w- I would change a few things for sure, but, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, there, there's, there's positives that come out of everything, right? Yeah. Yeah. And like you said, you, I mean, I, I never imagined being where I am in my life today. And I probably wouldn't have been there had it not been for the crazy shit I put myself through. So I'm I'm happy it happened, even though it was horrifying. Yeah. Yeah. All right, brother. Last question for you. If you were on a stage and you were playing a concert for the whole world, every single ear was there listening some way, what would you say to them? Holy smokes, dude. You st- <laughs> um, oh man, this is going to come across real corny, but um, oh, it's going to come across real corny, but I'm going to say it this way. Um, I'll say you're capable of way more than you realize every single person is way more capable than they realize of anything. Um, And you're perfect the way you are. Um, Like you don't have to be like, there's, there's nothing you have to accomplish. You're just trying to be the better version of yourself. You don't have to be anyone else, right? It's cool. Just being you like, you're already cool. Just, be more of you. I'm not saying like, you know, you're perfect. Like you don't need to seek out help if you're hurting, but I'm right. saying you don't need to be anyone else. Right. So you're yeah. you for a reason. Go with that. Yeah. I don't think that's Courtney. I think that's a beautiful message that it's super important for people to hear. I mean, I, I started beautifully human off before it became this podcast as a blog came from some self-empowerment when I wrote about my story and I got some really amazing feedback from a friend who went out on a tour sober when he saw me on my first tour ever. So back out sober. Um, and now he's two years sober and I didn't know the power that I had. That's amazing. When I was just literally trying not to die, I was actively just hoping I'd wake up the next day and it was so cool to get that. And then I was like, all right, if I didn't know the power that I had 
in myself, even with the story that I had just put myself through, there's so many other people that have no idea. So I would, I would, I started it off as a blog and I would send like 20 questions. And the most common question, which was heartbreaking was why me? Why, why me? And I was like, because you, because you, you, you've been through life. Life is crazy. Life is beautiful. Life is wild. Life is fill in whatever descriptor, but you've lived that life. So you tell me, tell me about your life. Let's hear about it. And just seeing people's light bulb turn on and then getting their questions back. And every single one I laughed, every single one I cried, I got to know people better and it was really beautiful. And then, you know, it's just like, it's, it's a really beautiful message to sell, tell somebody you're good as you doesn't mean you're perfect because none right. of us are. I'm not, right. you're not, we're never going to be, but you're good enough as Zach. I'm good enough as Nick. And that's beautiful. When you said, because you, that's like, that was profound, man. That was like, that hit me <laughs> in the chest right there. That was great. Yeah. But it's so true. And that's yeah. something I think so many people need to hear. I, think about I'm with you. Think about like, I talk about this a lot on here, but think about like the homeless man that's sitting there, homeless woman, whoever it may be. If you just sit there and listen to that person, just or just wave at them as you're passing by, even if you don't stop and like if you just acknowledge. I looked over at a at a dude the other day and I gave him a peace sign because I was driving by and that dude the smile that just popped on his face is just like just to be seen and like addressed as a human so that's why i always say because of you man because you whoever you are because you that's why you're good enough amazing right yeah and it's it's so cool what that what that gift can give people because i know when i when i came out of my when i started into my recovery the first person who made me feel just like a human that I didn't like just destroy my life and was just like, I know you need, I need, I know you need to get better. And I, I don't know anything about addiction, but I can help you. She was a director at the YMCA. She's a lifelong friend of mine. And she just said, I, I don't know how to help, help you with that, but I can get you better. And here's a pass to the Y. I teach a cycling class on Fridays. You should come. And it was amazing, dude. Like the, like just to be looked at as somebody who needs to be seen was brilliant. And that's what she did to me. I mean, without saying it, she just said, because of you, you Nick, come, come on. Like, let's, let's get you healthy. I'll do what I can. That's so great. It's brilliant. It's a beautiful sentiment to put in the world. So I don't think it's corny at all. Long way around. It wasn't corny. It was quite beautiful. Yeah, but you, yours was so much more eloquent. That's okay. <laughs> no comparisons. I'll steal it. It's just, I'm steal it. Yeah, please yeah. do. It's 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 a beautiful way just to put it on somebody else of because you. Mm. That's why. That's and then great. to make them think, oh, maybe I'm good enough. Because we've all been through that. Not thinking we're good enough or we're boring or life sucks or whatever it may be. But if you're good enough because you're you. Love it. Well, dude, this has been so fun. I truly appreciate your time and coming and hanging with me. No, I really appreciate it, dude. It's an honor. All right, all right. I want to ask you music questions, but should we wait till after the recording? To, uh, yeah, let's do that. Okay. 
All right, brother. Have a beautiful rest of your night. And yeah, man. All right. Thank you so much again. Thank you for listening to the Beautifully Human podcast. To hear more beautiful stories from beautiful humans, follow us on Spotify and rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at the Beautifully Human Podcast. Peace signs up.